Welcome to Engage Arizona. With me today on Engage Arizona is Don Hawkins. Don is the CEO of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. She has dedicated her life to advocating for a world that is free from sexual abuse and exploitation. Her issue expertise, her initiatives, her strategy has led to groundbreaking change in the legislative in arena and especially in corporate policies. Her work has sparked change at Google, Hilton, a whole host of corporations. She's been on many television programs, and we're really glad to be able to delve more in today and what's going on with the public health harms of pornography, curbing the demand for sex trafficking, protecting children in our digital world, and more. Dawn's a graduate of Tufts University, but I'd say most important, she's a wife and a mother of five children. Mm -hmm. So she's got, um, her drive is certainly as a mom as well as an expert in the field. So welcome, Dawn. Hi, Kathy. <laughs> glad you're with us. So let's start off with how do you define sexual ex exploitation, if I can get that word out of my mouth, and what does Nikosi do to stop it? Mm -hmm. So when there is an effort to sexually commodify somebody, usually um, trying to for some some kind of value in exchange with that sexual exploitation. And sorry, your second question, I already. Well, just what it. is Nikosi? So so you're basically you want to stop people being sold mm -hmm. for sexual purposes. And then, but what does Nikosi? What's what's the work of Nikosi do to stop it? Inherently, we believe that it is wrong to commodify somebody for sex. Nobody should be for sale or used in that way. So the National Center on Sexual Exploitation is trying to stop all of that. This, you know, there's this whole movement to, around sexual abuse and exploitation, rescuing, rehabilitation. Nikosi specifically is focused on mass prevention. How did you get involved in this work? What oh, you? good question. Well, it was definitely God. I felt very inspired. I was feeling called to this work. The reality is that I saw pornography, sex trafficking, sexual assault, and prostitution is all as connected. I lived abroad, and I saw these things. I myself was a victim of sexual harassment, and yet I saw like a culture that just enabled all of it. And what I realized is that in order to solve any one of these atrocious problems. We have to talk about how they're connected and we need solutions, especially rooted in policy that will address them all together. So you publish a dirty dozen list. Oh, yes. What, what is the dirty dozen list? <laughs> That's my favorite. <coughs> so this is 10 years now, Kathy, of every year we post, we, um, post 12 mainstream companies, most of which we all are using, and we explain how they're involved in sexual abuse and exploitation, whether they're facilitating or profiting from it. These are companies like Amazon. We had a big victory last year. We got Amazon to stop selling child sex dolls. They were selling hundreds of child sex dolls and making tons of money. Why was that? Why were they in that business? Because of the dirty dozen list, we got them to stop. We got most, almost all of the big hotel chains to stop selling pornography. That was a big early win our first year. Um, last year, we got Google Chromebooks. This is a big one. You, you know, on Chromebooks, they have all these built-in parental controls and safety features, but it's really hard to figure out as a parent or a school how to turn them all on. It's not so simple. It's not like flipping one switch. And so with COVID, we were just seeing they were handing out thousands of these devices for school, completely unprotected. Mm -hmm. Sexual exploitation was skyrocketing as our kids were being exposed to this stuff. So we went to Google. It took years. But last year, with just a software update, they... Up, they defaulted all of these parental controls to safety for all K through 12 school devices. I mean, so that's the dirty dozen win. I love it because it gets real results and it really enables kind of the grassroots people who we feel like there's no hope. We feel like our voice doesn't matter. We ourselves get to contact the executives of these companies and demand better 
and they usually listen. So how does that work? So the, the person, they, they go to your website, they sign up to get emails, and then when you publish the list, you tell them, contact the company and say you don't support this, or how, how do you do it? <laughs> exactly. Well, we have a website, dirtydozenlist.com, and right if you go there, just like you can email your legislator, we've got um, tools where you can just email the executives directly. One right now this year that we're focused on in the Dirty Dozen List in 2023 is the Apple App Store. The reality is that Apple, um, all of their parental controls basically are are um, based on the ratings of apps, but they have crappy ratings. I mean, they allow people to build their own app. They could be prostitution apps. They could be pornographic apps. They, it's very, really violent, and they'll self-rate them as suitable for four-year-olds and up. Right? Apple has to do better. They have to enforce their rules for app ratings and then tell parents, we need to know what are the risks. Are adults allowed to privately connect with children in this app? We should know, and that shouldn't be something for nine-year-olds to have. And so that's why we have Apple on. So you can go to our website, and then you can send a private uh, an email. We've got a draft already for you, or you can edit it directly to the executives of Apple. And I am so sure that this is going to be a win in the next 12 to 18 months. So when we talk about children, the four-year-old, the nine-year-old, the stuff, what, what ways do you, the parent who's listening to this, mm-hmm. what steps do they need to be taking now, today, to protect their children online? Oh, such a good question. Well, I will say, fundamentally, what we're trying to do at Nicosi is make sure that the tech companies build platforms with our children's safety and mind from the beginning, where Apple doesn't make you jump through 32 different steps to turn on the parental controls. And that's what is happening now. So In the meantime, while we're advocating for those big kind of systemic changes, um, what we urge parents to do is, I mean, talk to your kids. Start the conversations. If I say start really, really early, and if you haven't started yet, just start now, even if they're 25 years old. (laughs) And, you know, help your parent, help your kids to understand that they're going to see content that's hurtful and harmful to them, that they're going to come across kind of other adults who want to do them harm, explain to them what to do when that happens, who to come to, that you're a trusted person to tell when this happens, so you're not going to lose your mind and think they're a monster because they saw pornography, for example. Um, So really talking through these things. And then use the tools that are already given to us. They're not perfect. None of them are perfect, but they'll significantly decrease the harmful content and people that our kids are exposed to. So things like the built-in parental controls are on Google, you can turn on restricted mode or safety search, and it it will really help your kids. So you go, so if you're on Google, it's already there. And the parent just needs to check it out. Go into settings, flip it on, and it will just, you know, for in YouTube, for example. Well, I also super suggest not letting your kids just randomly look on YouTube. There's a lot of problematic content. But you can flip on restricted mode in YouTube, and, like, almost none of the pornography will get through if you flip that on. What, I mean, not TikTok maybe, but, like, Twitter now, X. I mean, if, if you've got a teenager that's on X, are there parental controls there? or X is so terrible. It's the worst. That's what I thought. They yeah. allow prostitution and pornography by their terms of service. 13% of the content on X is pornographic and prostitution, sex trafficking, CSAM. I mean, it's so bad. That's the worst. One of the worst ones. There's no, There are no parental controls. You can turn on, like, sensitive content, but you can just easily click through and enable it. I would argue that X is a porn site. 
it's not better than X videos or Pornhub. All the same extreme, hardcore, violent, misogynistic content is on X just like it is there. And what, what's happening is a lot of our kids or those who maybe struggle with pornography and are trying to hide their addiction are using websites like X and Reddit and Discord to feed it. Because then their parents just think, they're on a social media site, not looking at pornography. And they're learning things, maybe, or, you know, it's so deceptive. Yeah. So that's what parents can do, and that's that's the, in the dirty dozen, the real world kind of things that any anyone, everyone can do. On the policy front, what do you see as, like, the top legislative needs that, that every state should have or that we should have in the federal government? What, what, what do you think is the, you know, just the strongest policy or, or that you would like to see the most in every state? I mean, I tech the tech companies must be forced to prioritize our child children's safety from the beginning. They need to default to safety and they need to design with safety in mind for all of these emerging technologies. Just an example, there's a company called Roblox and I bet many of your listeners are familiar with this because kids love this game. My my 10-year-old is begging me every day to have Roblox. They essentially made this platform, this gaming platform for kids under age 13. And now adults use it too, but the problem is that they have really faulty controls, parental controls, and even if you turn them on, adults can still friend your children, and you can stop it. And so what is happening is, and even I like set up an account for my 10-year-old to try to test it out and say, like, should I try? Should I let him have it? And within two hours, I was getting friend requests on his account from strangers. And what, in, in, since 2017, I've found myself a 1,000 cases of adult predators targeting kids on this Roblox, Roblox platform. And then what happens is the grooming starts taking place and it moves over to like Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok. What has to happen from a policy perspective is that there has to be minimum standards across the board. If you're allowing children on your platform, then adults shouldn't be able to send direct messages to them. The type of content that they're exposed to shouldn't be sexually explicit or dangerous content. And so there's a couple bills before Congress and moving their ways also at the state level where it would force these tech companies to default to safety and to design with their safety in mind. So that is like the number one, I would say, solution that we need. We're seeing the UK is passing it. EU is passing stuff like this. America cannot be so far behind. But we are. But we are. And most of the tech companies are here. So we need to change this. And getting by with it. Um, (coughs) So switching gears a little bit. So that's parents and kind of some of the policy stuff. What can individuals do to help survivors of sexual exploitation? A couple things for that. Um, A lot of, you know, you've got here in Arizona some really amazing direct service providers who are doing great work. Support them. They need... They need a lot of resources. They need things to hand out to the women that they're serving and children. But also I want to raise what I think is probably novel idea to many people. If you really care about ending sex trafficking, start turning your attention to the sex buyers. The reality is that there would be no sex trafficking if there were no sex buyers. It wouldn't exist. They're driving the entire problem. And yet we've almost entirely ignored them in, um, in, in the movement. And what we're finding is that with even just a little bit of accountability, the sex buyers are deterred. And then the problem shrinks. If we want to end the problem, you know, we do have to put in tons of resources and effort and love, love above all to those who are being harmed and help them find a life as they move forward. But for every one or two that are rescued, you know, three to five are taking their place as long as there's demand for it driven by the sex buyer. 
Arizona policy did help uh, you know, a few years ago to try to increase the penalties for the sex buyers. Um, I'm also aware of several churches, including my own church, that has a ministry of women going out um, on a regular basis to the, the so-called adult clubs. Um, and kind of providing gifts and outreach to the women that are the strippers and the dancers and all of that to try to reach them and bring them in and love them. And that, that um, you know, that perhaps for some of those women, it's the first time they've ever had somebody really care about them. So there are a lot of, a lot of different ways to get involved. So um, also I want to make sure we cover, you have a law center. And, um, of course, it's um, two of our longtime friends at Center for Arizona Policy, Ben Bull and Peter Gentala. I mean, what Ben leads it, and, and Peter's there. Um, so what type of – on the what do you do on the legal front to try to <coughs> shut down and to fight these evil people? You know, we talked about the Dirty Dozen list, and that's mm-hmm. kind of my roots, um, going company to company to try to help them see their role in this big problem. And the truth is I got tired of that. I mean, it's so much effort to try to get – thousands of people to take action and email these executives. And while we're having great victories, it's too slow. And these companies are making just incremental changes. And so we decided we got to hit them where it hurts, and that's the pocketbooks. And if we can hold them accountable in the courts and they make them pay for the harm that they've caused, maybe they'll change. So with Ben Bull, your dear friend, and, and mine too, we came up with this idea Let's start suing them. Let's sue the big pornography companies, the payment processors, the tech companies who are facilitating sex trafficking, who are making money off of child sexual abuse material or child pornography. And it's it's amazing because in just a few years, Nicosi Law Center now has nine lawsuits where we're co-counsel. But our dream was to have just a whole bunch of lawsuits going, a movement of lawsuits. And we're seeing that now with, against all the big tech companies we were suing Twitter for sex trafficking two boys. Twitter said it, these boys uploaded copies of their ID to prove that they were children when they were exploited. And Twitter allowed videos of their exploitation to continue proliferating and said it didn't violate their community standards. Or Roblox. We have a lawsuit, a mass tort case against Roblox I just talked about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm telling you, it's like nonstop. If you're a child there, you're going to be contacted by strangers. And some kids will ignore it. They'll have the common sense maybe to like let it go. But so many others don't, especially if you're being promised what they call Robux, which is like money on the platform. And so that company knows. They know what's happening. They've known for years that these predators are targeting kids. They must be held accountable. So that's why we're starting to sue them. And Congress and the state legislatures are taking note. Um, and they're looking to pass legislation to hold them even more accountable. So the lawsuits are changing everything. It's quite an exciting time. Well, and that's what's so um, encouraging to hear about all the work you're doing because you're, you're you're firing away on all cylinders in a sense. I mean that you're you're addressing the problem. I don't know anyone else that's doing the work of Nicosi that's really trying to protect, especially children, but also adults from sexual exploitation. And and we see it increasing so much. Um, so a qu- I get asked a question. I'm going to ask you a version of this question. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with really evil, awful stuff every day. I mean, as far as what's happening to children, the, exploiting them sexually, indecency, pornography, the whole bit. <coughs> so you're a mom of five. You see what's happening in the world. How do you just deal with it on a regular basis when, when you're dealing with stuff that can be that can, can pretty easily get a lot of people down? Or, oh, no, that's ugly stuff. I don't want to know anything about it. But you know stuff that most of us don't know. Yeah. How do you deal with it? 
I want to ask you more because I don't always <laughs> deal with it well. I mean, the truth is I hold my babies and cry some nights because it's so heavy and dark. But what I find is, I mean, I, I believe God is in this work. We see miracles every single day, and that gives me hope. Um, that helps me to find direction and guidance. But also we're winning. We win again and again, and we see lives changed. We see like things that people said were impossible. It's impossible to change Google. It's impossible to take down the porn industry. That's what I've heard, and we're winning. And that gives me a lot of hope to keep going despite the heaviness of it. Well, and, it, and it's a calling. It and, is a calling. And it's like that there's such a need and that God's gifted you to step up and make the difference and build a team that has the expertise. And so that's where um, it's some of the, probably some of the most important work that's being done in our country today is trying to protect individuals from sexual exploitation. So let's, um, how can listeners engage with your work? What do they need to know? Oh, Website? thank you. Well, you can learn more at insexualexploitation.org, but really I'm begging you to go take action on our Dirty Dozen list. Yeah dirtydozenlist.com. I mean, it has the most impact and it's really grassroots driven. So please reach out to these executives with us. Tweet them. They hate being called out on social media or leave reviews if you use them. Leave reviews on social media. It just gets them and they listen and they change. It's so it's so true on Twitter, on social media to just mention and tag them and you'll get a response. I mean that. Exactly. So. And, well, and also if they go to the Dirty Dozen list, it's a way to you know, educate yourself. You know, for the listener out there, whether you're a parent or not, educate yourself on what's going on and what, what businesses are you patronizing that, you know, who's you know, probably on the dirty dozen list. There are probably a lot of us that are paying money right now to those on the dirty dozen list for whatever services. I mean, Google is an example, all of that. And what are Amazon? How many of us use Amazon Prime now? I mean, all, every day almost. And so that they need to hear your voice, that you're a customer and you need to be involved. You care, exactly. And it works because Amazon changed. Yeah, that's right. And that's what's such a need. So again, the websites are? DirtyDozenList.com and InSexualExploitation.org. So I encourage you to sign up for their email list, check out the website, um, especially to parents. It's one way for you to know how to protect your children and make sure you're, um, that you're aware of what's going on because it's very easy. I've been a parent, certainly my kids are older now, but it's very easy for things to slip by you. But it's so important to take the time to make the difference. Thanks for listening to Engage Arizona. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like and subscribe and leave us a rating or review on your preferred podcast platform. Don't forget to share with family and friends. And if you would like to learn more, please visit our website at azpolicy.org.